1: Or you have error. You have fact, or you have fiction.
2: And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Arena Addisons.
1: On American Family Radio. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Miki.
2: And I'm Will.
1: Sherry V is over in Studio CC. We've mm-hmm. got a guest scheduled uh, to join us today, and it, it's going to tie in nicely with what we've already been talking about um, kind of starting this week off and and talking about our first and foremost identity being in the Lord Jesus Christ, anything that we're going to undertake to do that we cannot do it apart from Christ. And so it's really neat um, because of course, you know, we schedule these guests in advance. And so it's really neat when it all just kind of ties in Um, today, we're going to be talking about the Christian influence on healthcare and medicine and hospitals and how Christians, (laughs) have been um, revolutionizing things for a very long time. Okay.
2: The the world is better
1: (laughs) because of Christians. Yes. Okay.
2: Even some atheists have to like now admit, they have
1: to admit it. Okay. (laughs) Right. And so the, the chief and first and foremost distinction being that of Christian being the number one influencer um, and making things better, making lives and communities better. So if hearkening back to yesterday's conversation mm-hmm. which by the way let's all just not pretend that Will didn't get amped yesterday I, I felt <laughs> like he was just really Whoa, beside himself Will? okay I just felt like something I don't know so I just want to tell you do better today don't know if that's do possible Do better do but better today need to get <laughs> you don't know if it's like... possible to do better
2: today? no to get beside myself like oh, that okay I see I see what you mean.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, let's just all acknowledge it so so anyways um Look, here's the ultimate point that we were making, and in this segment, I really kind of want us to just wrap up because we were talking about this. Our conversations often continue. Yeah. Um. You know, and and I want people to know too. I who was it? Um, our first call yesterday. Maybe his name was Keith. I think. And, about the uh, dinner table. Yeah. Discussions. Yeah. I that was pretty funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> but here's 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 what you got to know, though, Keith. Uh, will the great. Brings me these stories. He almost wants me to be provoked to either write about it or speak out on it. Like he he knows. <laughs> it's like a gift. It's a it's yeah, a it's twisted just, sort of gift that he gives. It is called
2: I'm just the point guard. I'm passing the ball to the skilled players. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame. But it often <laughs> it often
1: ends up this way. If we can get a good conversation in um they're regularly, you know, while yeah. I'm standing at the stove, stirring something. Mm-hmm. Will is standing next to me reading stuff that is also stirring something. Right. Okay. He's <laughs> he's often going, hey, let me read this to you. You got a minute, you know? And so just to to stay up on what's happening in the culture. Yesterday, we were talking about the ridiculous notion that in order for us to gauge the culture, engage the culture these days, we've got to tear off the Christian label mm. and and go with something else that, I mean, and just saying that suggests that it's going to be better and more effective, right? So, for example, we were discussing Thabiti Anyabwile's right. series of tweets, whereby he said that because of the need for survival, Black Christians have got to identify themselves as Black first and Christian second, because Christianity is not under attack. Um, th- the crazy thing about that, and we're going to get into it today when we talk about the role of Christians in healthcare. Um, throughout the history of the church, right? The crazy thing to me about that is that the reason we even go into the fray, the reason you're able to care about that mm-hmm. is because of the Imago Day. It's because of the image of God and man. The reason exactly. you feel outraged over injustice is because of God. And God has made himself known to you through his son. Come on. He man. has revealed himself to you. Through yeah. his son, and so to say, in order for us to be effective in acting out against injustice or the marring of the Imago Day, um, we have to get rid of Christ. It's just it doesn't follow logic at all. It doesn't make logical sense. Now it sounds very activisty,
2: right? Right, and <laughs> and, and it is you know to a certain group of people, it's it, you know. And, and look, it's crazy to me that you even say. That um, Christians are not the ones being attacked, and I know what he's talking about in this specific way. But I'm looking at all the different, all the different cases that we've talked about with our kids of Christianity, you know, being uh, attacked by this culture. Yes. And so, but I think he would be on the side of saying, "Man, bake the cake, man, do this, wow. do that." You know, I'm like. Why? And he has not said that. I want to be fair. I'm not. But he I has think his type would be on that, said side. that No, he has not said that. Okay. But what I'm saying is I think, you know, you have the people that, that would be quick to say, you know, well, Christianity is not being attacked, but my blackness yeah. is. But when yeah. we talk about issues, you know, like, you know, having to bake a cake for right. a homosexual marriage or a flower arrangement, you know, they're silent on that. Unless yeah. they're saying just bake it or just make it, you know. So I'm like, come on, man. Like, why don't we hear? It seemed like we, we have a different worldview. Yeah, it does. Well,
1: I think that anything that doesn't start with, you know, filtering all of your engagement through the Bible says that you have an other worldview. I, I really do. And I, and I think people would say, well, it's up for interpretation. But there are some things mm-hmm. that are really just black and white. I mean, yeah. we apply the scriptures and, and Christ died for us to wear his name. Yeah. You know what I mean? For us to be able to, let me put it that way. You know, Christ mm-hmm. died for us to be able to wear his name. This takes top billing in our lives. Like when we understand the letter that Paul wrote to the Colossians about who Jesus Christ is and how he is worthy. And I was paraphrasing it yesterday, but I kind of want to look at a couple passages mm-hmm. today um, because I think it's so important for us to understand. You know, look, I'm not I'm not saying I like who I am. All right. Let me, can I just. <laughs> OK, OK. I like I like that I'm black. Like, I think that's that's really cool that God did that for me. Like, that's great. And I hope that you like that you're whatever ethnicity you are. And there's
2: a reason for that. Acts 17. Acts
1: 17. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's not just for no reason. Acts chapter 17, verses 26 and 27. We were reading it with our kids this morning, guys. And and by the way, pivot to this real quick. It is so important for you to give your kids a biblical worldview.
2: Make sure that your kids
1: understand sin and rebellion and wickedness. So that they're not caught up in the subject of the moment so that they can understand the condition of man's wicked and evil heart. Right?
2: My my question for, you know, people who are are believers or or claim to be believers that are saying what Tabitha is saying, I just want to ask them what the what Apostle Paul asked in Galatians. You know, are you so foolish having begun by the spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? (laughs) <laughs> just want to ask him that question. You mm-hmm. know?
1: Read that again. No, ask like can we ask <laughs> wanna, that? Because I don't think we need to just gloss over that, that question. question. That is know? a huge question. So I think we should ask it again.
2: Are you so foolish, having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh?
1: Wow. Think about that in saying in in, in the context of what we're talking you about. you're gonna take
2: off Christ, I mean what?
1: Wow. And, and so now to your you're blackness? gonna just take it from here. I'm I'm going to take it my blackness will take it from here.
2: Yeah, see. Right?
1: That that's a that's a problem. And guys, let me just say something because you know, let somebody think that um we hate ourselves. Mm. Okay? Cuz that was the, that was the, <laughs> <There we go. laughs> that's one of the yeah. common attacks that we get, Whatever. right? You hate yourself okay. like and and it's like I always whenever I hear that I'm just like, "Whoa, this is what I I didn't I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware, right? But let me just say this. We have been hammering on this for a very long time, slicing down the middle. You just need to check our footprint on this, okay? Whenever these topics and these conversations pop up in culture, what we do is we go back to the Word of God and we say, what does the Bible teach us? So look, and and not to not to conflate issues and not to muddy the waters here, but I want you to understand, when you take the Word of God and apply it to a situation, you are slicing down the middle, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning that somebody's going to get hurt on both sides because mm-hmm. you you really because you prefer you. Right. That's our default. OK, we we think, well, I think my perspective is right. I think my perspective is right. Blah, 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 whatever. But when you apply the word of God and the ax falls, there's going to be some trim falling off on both sides. And so I always say, man, you know, for the glory of God, you have you have heard an incredible sermon or message when you walk away offended and somebody else walks away offended and it's for different reasons, but you know, it's the word of God shaving off your rough mm-hmm. edges, right? Like nobody gets to <laughs> get, gets to, to step up to the word of God and walk away going, check, got it, check. I mean, because it's alive. So it's constantly searching you. So every time mm-hmm. you read the word of God, there should be this moment where you just pause for a second and you're like, whoa, I, Whoa, Jesus, <laughs> I need you.
2: Amen.
1: Holy Spirit, I, I need you. You are welcome to invade my space and to show me my flaws, right? When we were talking, um, I guess it was a few years ago, we we're talking about symbols and, and things like that and, and banners and monuments and all of these things. And again, I was saying the same thing that I'm saying now. We need Jesus to spearhead <laughs> this conversation. Amen. Why? Because in Christ, we begin to do things before the culture catches up. In Christ, we begin to say, you know, hold on a second. If we're going to walk in love toward one another, I will tell you this. And this is my personal opinion. Now, you can do with this what you will. And certainly you have liberty to do what you will. But I will tell you this. I am not going to stand up under a banner that is going to be offensive to my brother or sister in Christ. So let me give you a very real and a very plain example. If you're coming over to visit me at my house And I've got a black power flag flying over my door. Mm. A fist, a black power fist flying over my door. And you're going to come and visit me. And you happen to be white. And I'm saying, oh, yeah, come on over, brother. Come on over, sister. We're going to have coffee. (laughs) I would imagine that you'd Mm. have some questions like what... what are you doing? <laughs> right. And if I just and if I just say to you, oh, no, this was the, the, no, don't worry about it. This is just a flag of my ancestors. You know, the struggle was real. <laughs> and so I like to remember that. Right. No. <laughs> what does love compel me to do? Love compels me to put down anything mm-hmm. that is a distraction from Christ. Come on. There's nothing that's more precious to me than Christ. So Come even on. if this is a part of my heritage. For yeah. me personally, and this is what I said, and I man, I, I said, look, we should not advocate for mob rule. We should not advocate for people to be tearing things down. What Christians should be doing is advocating for the spirit of God to tear down idols and individual hearts. Amen. That's what Christians should be advocating for. And let me tell you, when Christians have done this, everywhere that Christians have gone in, whether the law was in their favor or not, and for many hundreds of years it was not, wherever Christians have gone in and they have operated faithfully, they have changed that culture. Yeah. They have upended that culture. Why? Because the influence of Christ overwhelms a culture. It overwhelms so then the question has to be in the United States of America, not whether or not there's a problem with Christ, but it's a, a there's a problem with those of us who claim Christ. The problem is whether or not we are faithfully living out what it is that we assert. And so no, I'm not with the BDN abuile that now Christ must be second. And blackness must be first because I think that I, well, (laughs) I think, who cares? The Bible says that Christ is enough, Mm. that he is totally sufficient. What did the apostle Paul write to the Philippians? whole like description of himself about like how great he is. Okay. Mm -hmm. How, what, like all of his accolades, like all of these things that, that he could be puffed up about right (laughs) to tear them right down. He puts them all up on a pedestal and then right when you're there and it's like, you know, yes, yes. (laughs) These are great things. Hebrew of Hebrews circumcised on the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin. This is, but so what?
0: Mm, So
1: what all of those things I count as lost. Why? Cause Christ has entered my life. Christ has entered my life. Guys, that's not just good for us to read that about Paul. Like a lot of us read that and we're like, well, that's good for Paul. But Paul didn't have the kind of lineage that I have. No, he had a better one. (laughs) I'm sorry, friend. I'm sorry. Okay, I mean, come on. Okay, he had a better one. Let's just lay all the cards face up. Whatever, you know, (laughs) put your fists down, whatever it is. He had a better one. And what was Paul saying? Paul was saying none of that stuff matters. Whatever, Whatever gain I had. Amen. No matter what your culture is. All right, we got to grab the break. Aaron the Addisons, American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm
2: Miki. And I'm Will. And that's uh, even louder, Stephen Malcolm and N- Natalie Grant.
1: Sherry V is over in Studio CC, and boy, do we appreciate her. She's gotten our guest on, Michael Austin, who is a Christian commentator and communications consultant. He is also the national spokesperson for the Christian History Institute, yeah. which publishes uh, Church History magazine, which studying <laughs> church history. Th- this is this that's is a treat hobby. for me. This, yeah, is, this is my hobby. Love I, I, yes. I love church history. And I we've been talking about how when Christians understand their history, right, and understand mm-hmm. what our early brothers and sisters did and how they lived, it really empowers us to engage beyond just our, our limits right now. You know, right. we kind of sort of have this American take on what Christianity is supposed to be, but we need to understand that Christianity predates America and that Christians— have always, and I mean this in the most positive of ways, but Christians have always infiltrated culture and brought change to culture even before laws changed. Mm. And so that's we're going to talk a little bit about that. In some ways, we might kind of cross over. But the main focus of what we're going to talk about today is Christian involvement in health care and hospitals uh, in the the mission of the church and how this changed in the world because of Christians. And so I'm really excited to get into this conversation. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it.
3: Well, thank you. It's great to be with you. And this is an answer to prayer, by the way. I love to talk to history buffs. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I don't. Oh, well, hold on. Before we start thanking God for the answer, no, I would say you uh, are. Mickey. I, I, would I say, wouldn't say I'm a history buff. That puts are. a whole different pressure on it, Michael. <laughs> I would say that that's just my hobby, which takes a pressure off that you cannot even imagine. Um, but I do love church history. I I love to study um, the, the works of the early saints um, as the gospel has proliferated. I just think it's fascinating. And I think honestly, I think more people should study it. Mm
3: hmm. Well, you qualify in my book. Anybody that's interested in history, in fact, <laughs> does. Because well, I'll tell you what, history is so important. And mm-hmm. uh, these days, more than ever, we are seeing that the enemy is trying to destroy mm. Come on. history itself. You know, the agenda is uh, just to live in the here and now. Uh, forget about what happened uh, in the past. Forget about what might happen in the future. Mm. And so that's an agenda that I, I do not subscribe to.
1: Mm. No, absolutely Mm -hmm. not. And it's so important for Christians to be vigilant. We're probably going to touch on this uh, throughout the course of our conversation. But I read um, that that even George Barna has found that there's information that suggests that a lot of our younger Christians do not see any purpose in the in the role of the church. And in other Mm. words, anything that we're going to do in culture, which, again, this harkens back to what we've been talking about, understanding that. Christ is over culture, and if, if you're going to operate most effectively, you have to do that in His name. But a lot of our young people don't even see the value of the Church or how the Church has served culture uh, throughout her history.
3: Well, that's a direct result of not knowing history, not being taught history, and also just observing what's going on today. Our Church is failing us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, hate to, uh, I hate to say that. I hate to hear that come out of my... Uh, mouth, because um, I love the church. Uh, I know my, my head, Father loves the church. He's got mm-hmm. a purpose for the church. He works through the church. We mm-hmm. need the church. But um, I'll tell you what I, uh, you know, I just ad- admired and and um, rejoiced in your discussion yesterday about a situation that uh, we are facing. Mm-hmm. That, uh, I believe also is a result of not knowing our history and not, not only that, but not knowing the gospel truth. Come on. And the other, uh, the other thing besides, uh, history being so important is the importance of truth. Mm. And yes. I, uh, I hear the two of you discuss that often. And so, um, this is an, this is an answer to prayer. I'm so delighted to be with you and to be able to talk about, uh, what's going on in the world today and yes. what has gone before us. Mm, you
1: know what I want to do, Michael? And, and I, I didn't really plan to ask you this, but I, I, I think it might be fitting at this at this moment. Would you share with our listeners just a little bit of your testimony? Because before coming to Christ, you dabbled in other world religions. So you have, I think, a unique perspective on not only biblically understanding what Christ has done and understanding it personally in your life, but having some comparison there in your life before coming to Christ.
3: Well, Mickey, thank you for that question, and I, I want to warn you that whenever I get asked that, <laughs> um, there's a danger here that uh, I may go way beyond um, what what is appropriate for the moment, but yes, um, as a young person, I got caught up in the devil's work, uh, and I belong to a uh, cult, a very dangerous satanic cult. I followed a Hindu guru for 15 mm. years. I was not dabbling. Mm. I was uh, sold out. I was uh, thoroughly immersed, um, traveled back and forth between the United States and India over that period of 15 years serving a man who I thought was God. I was totally deluded. However, I have, do have to let me let me say something encouraging about that, mm-hmm. and that is that uh, the experience taught me to worship a living man and to be a disciple and what it is like to be a disciple.
0: Mm.
3: Uh, when uh, when my Heavenly Father got a hold of me, uh, I'm in my 18th year as a believer, uh, at the age of 59, a uh, crusty, uh, rather crusty uh, skeptic <laughs> um, uh, and a, a public relations uh, professional whose business is to influence people, mm-hmm. um, when he got a hold of me, um and i got involved with the church i realized oh my goodness i had the wrong man Mm, i had the wrong man wow and he showed me who the right man was and that changed my life totally changed my life in an instant his message to me uh mickey was you're going to die soon you had better get right with me Uh, i took that to heart he put me under conviction and that was my uh, task that was my my job that was my calling uh i took it very seriously it changed my life and it was a it was a terrible terrible disappointment to uh, well I, first of all i was thrilled that there was such a thing as a church mm-hmm. uh, led by jesus christ and i ran to it and uh, found, uh, i found a found um a res- uh, being rescued out of darkness out of uh uh evil Uh, and into light. Um, However, I became very quickly disappointed in church leadership because um, I began to read my Bible. When I read my Bible, I said, what are you people talking about? Wait a second, you're talking about stuff I haven't found in my Bible. (laughs) Come on. So... uh, uh, well, I don't know where you want to go with that, but
1: well, um... I just <laughs> there, let me just tell you. So, so right now, again, this is one one of those moments where we could go a lot of different places because when when you're talking to a, a brother who understands it, you know, who really gets it, and 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 I appreciate that even now, I have the just a strong sense that. You really do understand, and I, this is what I want all Christians to understand, what's at stake when we give up our testimony, when we are not holding the line in our mm. generation. I really believe that we are where we are and in the time that we're in for God's express purpose, and that is for the gospel to continue to proliferate. And so I know there's many different places that okay. we can go, but what I'd, I would like to tie it into um, the recent issue of Church History Magazine, where we're looking at um, Christians influencing culture, Um, And doing that under Christ's banner, I think it is so important for us to stress that. So so tell us a little bit about what was experienced in the world um, prior to Christianity, certainly the first century church, but then the explosion of Christianity in the centuries following.
3: Well, you've given me liberty, and thank you for that. Let me first say that uh, this is not the current issue. This issue actually was released about 10 years ago. It's oh. issue 101. We are now up to 133. This uh, publication is a quarterly, so four a year come out. Um And when this came out, the founder of the magazine, Ken Curtis, by the way, a producer of a very famous movie called The Cross and the Switchblade.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. The
3: story of David Wilkerson, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, ministering to gangbangers in New York City. So uh, Ken was a film documentarian, um, and he had a love for the church, and he had a love for uh, history, And being a documentarian, I realized that the Christians just don't know very much about the history of the faith. Mm -hmm. And so um, 10 years ago, uh, the the magazine had been distributed by a a magazine that still exists, Christianity Today. Uh, They were distributing this magazine along with their own, uh, and very successfully had a huge following. A lot of people know about this magazine been around since 1982 but Christianity today took a turn, I would say a left-hand turn uh, <laughs> if you will changed a lot of things that they were about and um, the, the property, the, the magazine thankfully came back to the original ministry, Christian History Institute. They uh, developed a, uh, a website that contains, by the way, all of these issues which you can read for free right on the uh, right online. Mm-hmm. and began, uh, uh, revived the magazine, uh, made it a whole lot better. It was already very, very good. And there's a there's a background story I might mention just in, in passing. Ken Curtis was struggling with uh, terminal cancer at the time, and he made a decision that the first issue that he put out was about health care and hospitals. This is wow. seminal to our okay. faith. This is a seminal issue to our faith. It's foundational. Why? Because our Heavenly Father created man in His own image. Mm. That's the kernel of everything that the Christians have done uh, for the last 2,000 years and that the, the Jews were doing prior to that. They were loving their neighbor. That, by the way, is in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. The Christians show up differently when crises happen. And this health crisis that we are in now, nothing Mm -hmm. new about this. As a matter of fact, the amazing thing is the only thing we can do for people with COVID-19 is give them the same ministration that was given to those who had uh, the plague in 251 that wiped out a third of the population of Europe. And also, subsequently, those who were suffering with leprosy in the Middle Ages. What was that care? To take the person in, to give them rest, to minister to them, give them a bath, Mm -hmm. give them what is taught in the Old Testament and new, which is hygiene,
0: Mm -hmm. Um, give them a
3: good meal. And you know what else? to minister to their soul and prepare them for death if they were facing death. Mm. That was the mission of the Christians in the very early days of the faith.
1: You know, I think it's so important for us to not lose sight of what influences Christian engagement. And again, I cannot stress it enough. We cannot make Christ second and expect to be effective if we're going to do anything in the culture. One of the things I want to stress and, and have you kind of unpack for us, Um, As we look back on this particular issue was this 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 understanding that mercy was to be extended to those who were sick. And, And you look at the church who was suffering immense persecution under imperial rule and Roman life at that time really didn't look at those who were sick and those who were weak as worthy of being cared for, even though you have this you know, major sort of structure in place where a lot of people feel like, yes, we are a Roman city. And and so there's protection, but there wasn't protection in the form of mercy and medical care because it was seen as a waste of time. But the Christians infiltrated Roman (laughs) culture. They pierced Roman culture and they began almost like a philanthropic work of caring for those who are sick. Mm. And they are fueled by this understanding that all men are made in the image of God. Talk a little bit about that, Michael, if you will.
3: Well, you've touched on on the key significant difference between the Christian community and the uh, zeitgeist, if you will, of the day of the Roman uh, culture and the Roman belief and paganism. The Romans considered illness and uh, the absence of well-being uh, to be, shunned Uh, a family member who was sick was actually put out on the sidewalk to die Mm. uh they were taken to empty temples we know them to be empty because there was nothing there but a carved image um they didn't understand that they they thought that they they had this panoply of gods that uh that they needed to placate in order to um uh, to 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 survive and and to prosper. Uh, and so they turned people over to pagan gods. and descriptions, historical descriptions of, of common uh, civil life in Roman times is is pretty devastating. to think of all of these unwell people on mm-hmm. the street begging, uh, trying to survive, and uh, people who were well, were shunning them. This, this was uh, seen, sickness was seen as something uh, to uh, be discarded, to get away from, uh, and there was very, very little sympathy, very, very little uh, sense of mercy. Those characteristics are thoroughly Christian. The entire world is enjoying the benefits of those ideas, uh, the idea of mercy, the mm-hmm. idea of loving one's neighbor, Taking care of someone other than yourself. Mm-hmm. This is all Christian thinking, Christian doctrine, and it's applied daily by the Christian church. What a what an amazing! If we were ever to calculate the um, the delivery of care for people uh, that the church uh, undertakes and and carries out, it would it would dwarf. Organizations that people think of uh, doing that type of work, such as things like the UN uh-huh.
0: and uh, and
3: other institutions that have no concern about that, whatever. Uh, if you look at it very carefully, um, the individual needs of individual people are are quite secondary uh, uh, and, and ignored. And if,
1: it- it but, is it uh, is a modern Christians day it, it's a modern day iteration of pagan care is what it is. Let's grab this break. Michael Lawson is our guest, Aaron the Addison's. We'll be right back.
0: You've been my savior.
1: That is pure and undefiled before God. The Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Um, You just can't help but imagine that understanding this, the early church would have been fueled to care for those that nobody else cared about. Mm. And they would have done that um, unapologetically under the banner of being a Christian. All right. I'm not trying to be petty here, but I'm just I'm just trying to say that there has been a lot of embarrassment that has come sort of to the door of the church where people are like they whisper that they're a Christian. They want to go out into the fray and they want to help, but they don't want to put so much of an emphasis on the fact that they're a Christian. When my argument is that's why you're doing it. That's why you're doing it left to yourself without the influence of Christ in your life. You don't care about people. You care to a certain extent. But you don't care about people. The kind of genuine care that our world is in desperate need of uh, is the kind of care that comes because you have been purchased by the Lord Jesus Christ and you understand what it is to extend mercy because you've received mercy. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We are talking with Michael Austin who is a Christian commentator and communications consultant. He also serves as the national spokesperson for Christian History Institute. And we are talking about Church History Magazine, the 101st issue of the magazine. So this is an older issue, which I wasn't aware of, uh, but it's very timely that you re-release it because in the midst of everything we're talking about in our country, not only COVID-19, but of course the riots and the outbreaks and, and the, the question for the Christian is how are we going to show up my argument is that Christians have always infiltrated culture under the banner of Christ, and we have brought change to people even before there were changes brought to laws. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Oh, it's just a great, great pleasure. And your introduction, your introductory remarks are so right on. <clears throat> you have such great discernment uh, that is uh, very much appreciated. You know, there's one, uh, <clears throat> there's one character that's... Uh, covered in this particular issue. By the way, I should say that each issue of this uh, magazine takes up one topic at a time. So the mm-hmm. entire issue is on this subject of healthcare and hospitals. You get a very thorough treatment of the subject. One of the articles uh, titled, From Poor House to Hospital, um, uh, tells the great story of one of the emperors, one of the Roman emperors, Julian. He was He was called Julian the Apostate. Uh, He was uh, considered by the pagans to be apostate. Why? Because he credited Christians with uh, something very worthwhile, which was what it is that we're talking about. They're caring for others. In fact, he complained to his pagan priests, why aren't we doing what these Christians are doing? That is taking (laughs) care of people. I love the story. It's a great story. Um, And he was, by the way, uh, the emperor that was associated with the Julian calendar, so this is not a nobody, Um, and he had great discernment, and uh, yeah, the Christians uh, earned their reputation in the early years. This was uh, uh, in the period during uh, his reign was between 361 and 363, very short um, terms of rule in those years, but you know, after Constantine had uh, uh, allowed Christians to uh, to survive in that <laughs> With culture, his, he, toleration, uh, yeah, to, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, ban them. You know, I I don't believe the man uh, became a believer because he only uh, asked for a baptism on his deathbed, and that mm. that itself is a myth. But he <laughs> recognized the The great thing about the story of Constantine is that he recognized how different the Christians were,
0: That's and this right.
3: is what earned their survival and 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 allowed them to be allowed uh, to participate in the community. so uh, he honored that by uh, allowing them to function Now that was around um, uh three hundred. Mm -hmm. And uh, it wasn't until uh, 50, 60 years after that that Julian came along and uh, really made the point that the Christians are very different. They're showing up very differently. Why? Uh, Why can't we do something so great for our people?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I don't always want to bring all of what we understand about church history back to an American context but Michael I feel like there's so much that we have just lost like we there's so much we don't understand about who we are as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. that It becomes vitally important for us to make some parallels here and understanding that you have Christians working against the grain of culture, right? They're going against the norm. So you've got Roman Mm -hmm. pagan Roman culture that surrounds them that says, you know, if a child is born and say there is something immediately visibly wrong with that child or maybe that child is a daughter. That child can be presented to the father and the father can just say, no, you know, not this one. And then that child is exposed. But you have Christians who mm-hmm. are gathering up these children who are mm. saying, we have to care about the poor. We have to care about the orphans, those whose parents don't want them. And they're doing this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you think might change in current culture, Michael, if more Christians understood the way the early church operated? Mm.
3: Well, it would, um, it would change a lot of things. It would uh, encourage the Church to get mm-hmm. out there and do, yes. instead of sitting back as, uh, as uh, you know, an audience, observing and criticizing uh, the culture.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: we are called to be a part of the culture. My reading of the Bible teaches me that there's no separation between Church and State. Um, I understand that in, in modern time, there, there is a place for something like that, but, um, the Bible, uh, clearly, uh, talks about the culture as, um, what, you know, the environment that we exist in and that we function in, and we're, we're called to be a part of that. We're called to lead that. We're part of the, um, we're called, uh, to serve, to That's serve right. people, um, you know, the uh, what, what the Christians were doing in that day was um, uh, work uh, providing for the poor, mm-hmm. and so they the, the poorhouse came about, and they were not only that, but, but they were serving the travelers because people were traveling primarily on foot or by donkey or by camel all over that uh, area of the Middle East, mm-hmm. and so those two uh, uh, methods of serving that was a place where the Christians could have a livelihood and, and were recognized for delivering an important service. Mm-hmm. So when plagues came along, and they came along very quickly, uh, that was where those who were falling sick, and by the way, you're mentioning life itself, um, babies that were unwanted were, again, set out to basically die on the sidewalk or, or yeah. in a field. The Christians came along and, and picked them up. And brought them to the courthouse <laughs> and gave them life. Hallelujah! They're doing that today, by the way. And wouldn't it be yes. wonderful if um, if we could have more opportunities to do that? If uh, adoption were not so difficult, <laughs> and um, uh, if it, yeah, I mean it just goes on and on. Yeah. You bring up, um, of course, all of the professions uh, actually were were started by Christians. This this is this is the case in the legal profession, by the way. Which, um, guess where that came from? Well, we have an advocate. We have an advocate in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. That's where the whole idea came about. Do you think that was happening with the pagan? No, there is no advocate for the pagan, sadly. Um, but we have an advocate. And so uh, that's why I enjoyed your, um, uh, your, your indulging in a little bit of preaching yesterday, which I thought was absolutely <laughs> right on what people need to hear. Is that um, we are Christians first? There's no Amen. doubt about that. And by the way, there's one race.
1: Hmm. Come on, there's
3: one race. Come on.
1: That's right. Yeah, that's absolutely the, the right.
3: The Bible is very clear on it. One race. So what we we need to we need to be the ones that are uh, are making these statements, making these declarations. And by the way, they are truth. And His Word does not go forth void.
0: That's right.
3: Um, we forget that. We forget that we're we're afraid. We're scared to death. We might offend somebody. Well, guess what? We are promised that. We're promised mm-hmm. that, and isn't that that not that thats a blessing? If you're if you're not if you're not offending anybody, uh, there's something wrong.
1: Yeah, you're probably you're you're probably not doing it right. <laughs> you're probably you know, and we can we can take great comfort in that. You know, I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about there's a piece in this particular issue about deaconesses and their role in the early church and also in healthcare and being on the front lines and and I found that a little bit yeah. fascinating because you know, we're also having a conversation about the role of women. And it seems that Christians now have this, you know, I don't know, this reputation of not utilizing the gifts and the talents of women or denigrating women or treating them as second class, but we see that as the robust Church of Jesus Christ is on full display, that both men and women are serving in the Church, but women are also playing a unique role in the role of deaconesses. Can, can we talk about that?
3: Well, first of all, we have to recognize that our Savior, Jesus Christ, changed the, par- the world paradigm regarding women. Mm-hmm. He spoke directly to women. Women played a great part in his uh, in his life. He recognized uh, women. He listened to women. He empowered women to speak, and um, so that's that is uh, that's foundational. Mm-hmm. Amen. But the Bible teaches that uh, women <clears throat> have the uh, gift. They have the gift of now. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going off on on a very personal, <laughs> personal thing here, um, but I, I I I see that there's there's no doubt that uh, women are you know more sensitive than men. Mm-hmm. And I'll just there there I went ahead and said it. Okay.
0: So <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> we
3: men we men are missing something. We're not asked as men to become more sensitive.
0: Mm. we're
3: asked as men to recognize our sensitive partner our women
0: mm.
3: and to uh lift them up and to benefit because boy if we don't do that um we're losing we're losing the sensitivity that actually helps us be who we need to be mm-hmm. so uh this is this is so uh gosh yeah we can go in all kinds of directions when it comes to the and and i'm i'm hoping that um we'll have the opportunity to do that because besides this issue that's on uh, health and, and hospitals um uh, the the magazine over time you know with 133 uh issues just goes all over the place with what the christian faith is um how it has uh, made our culture and made our society um, you know, this, this country is founded on these principles. We don't mm-hmm. have to go out there and start, um, you know, trying to convince people that uh, uh, America is a Christian nation. What we need to do is to disciple the nation.
2: This mm-hmm. is what we're called yes. to do.
3: You know, the last message that he gave us b- just before he departed was to disciple the nations. And we've mm-hmm. lost uh, sight of that. Uh, that's not being taught. What's being taught in our churches today is wonderful. Personal salvation is very, very important, but how many times does that have to re- be repeated? Um, mm-hmm. what our pastors and uh, this is my message to our my my pastor uh, friends and and uh, uh, those those who have that gift and have that role is um, do not neglect. The uh, the discipling of the nation. Now, what, what mm. is the nation? To me, the nation, the first nation, the primal nation, is the family. Come on, mm. and this, yeah, without the family, you cannot build a nation. Right. The nation is nothing more than the expression of and the manifestation of what the family is all about. Mm. Um, so, I, I'm just so thrilled to be uh, on your network and and on your on your show because this is what you are all about. And yes. um, our, the history of the faith will will support in every way uh, the discipling of the nation. Uh, this is, ha- you know, I think there's a revival going on today in, um, in that great commission which he gave us to go and disciple the nations. And uh, what, what I see, one of the things that I'm seeing is that so many, much of our great missionaries, people all over the world, sadly, are going running all over the world, talking to people about personal salvation only? Hmm. Uh, we're missing something very, very important, yeah. Yeah. and that oh, is Michael.
1: that.
2: Uh, wow. No, go ahead. Yeah, go we, ahead. We, we'll finish it. that
1: thought.
3: Well, uh, besides uh, this uh, personal salvation, which Mm -hmm. is critical, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the the question uh, instantly in Acts of those who um, uh, experienced the Holy Spirit was, how then should we live? Yes! Well, he answered that question. He answered that question He said, go forth and disciple the nations. We need to meditate upon that command. And by the way, we need to believe in Him, and we need to keep His commands, keep mm-hmm. His Word. This is what He told us. So um, that Word is um, everything. That Word is in our Bible. We need to uh, hold on to our Bible. We need to That's study right. our Bible. We need to meditate on His Word
1: That's and right. understand
3: what this is. I this, we, we don't have the time to go into that right now, No, Michael. But we... we need to study that.
1: We are crashing into the end of this hour, but I tell you, Will and I could sit and listen to you for hours because you're really speaking <laughs> our language. I want to encourage our listeners to check out ChristianHistoryInstitute.org. We'll put a link in the show notes. What a great topic of discussion for today. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing.
2: God bless.